This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Go with me to the book of Jude, chapter 20. Jude, chapter 20. You know, just as you're turning there, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And, you know, you look at our, our nation in America, we have more biblical resources than we've had in the history of society. And what I mean by biblical resources, there are so many books out. CDs and DVDs on every teaching in the world. But I I say that with this thought. If that's all we needed was teaching, then why is our nation and why are our lives in the predicament we're in? And I think the best way I can answer that, and I'm not downplaying teaching. we got to have the Word of God. But I believe what is missing is the Holy Spirit. I really believe that there's not an emphasis on the Holy Spirit hardly at all anymore. 2 Corinthians 3, 6 says, The, the letter killeth, but the Spirit gives life. Now, you're going to hear me say that a couple times tonight. The letter or the Word of God kills, but the Spirit gives life. So we begin tonight in the book of Jude, way back there. Should have told you, that's right there, right before Revelations. Just one chapter, verse number 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. You, fellow believers, building yourself up on your most holy faith. How? Ooh, keep reading. Praying. In the Holy Spirit. The Amplified says that you make progress by praying in the Holy Spirit. The, the uh, New International Version says, and building yourself up on your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, I like what is said right here because he didn't just say praying. He specifically said praying In the Holy Spirit. Is that different than just praying? Yes, it is. Where is that found? In Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18, the Apostle Paul said, You'll pray in your understanding, which would be in your native tongue, English, Spanish. Some of you may have a little more dialect. I struggle with English, but that's my dialect. And you'll pray in the Holy Spirit. You'll sing with your understanding and you'll sing with the Spirit. So it's interesting right here that he said to build yourself up spiritually, you pray in the Holy Spirit. It's powerful. Keep reading, verse 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God, or guard and keep yourselves, is one translation, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ until eternal life. Now, when you combine those two words together, you persist in loving attitudes and behavior through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will literally teach you and help you to live a loving attitude life. How many of you have ever struggled with love and you think, I don't want to love anybody today. I don't want to be kind to anybody. I don't even want to see people. I don't like people. Well, the problem with that is you're always going to have people in your life. And so when I read that in in my own life, I look and I think, 
Holy Spirit, not, not only build me up, but build that up in me where my life flows with love toward people. That it just helps me to get out of there. Now, when I look at everything that he's talking about, and, and to build yourself up in your holy, most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, that's going to take a discipline. There'll be days that you won't want to pray. But I liken it to this, that to go to the gym, and many of you go to the gym and work out, it's a discipline. You've got to discipline yourself, whether it's early in the morning or when you get off work, to go do it. But yet, every sacrifice is based on preference. And so there's times early in the morning, you wake, you're tired, and your body is screaming at you and saying, don't get up and do it, lay back down. But when you say and you purpose in your heart, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to work out. Well, think about praying in the Holy Spirit as a spiritual workout. It will take a discipline. It will take effort and it will take energy. But there are great promises in that area. I'm building myself up in my most holy faith. Something happens on the inside of me when I obey this. Now turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Just right there back to your left just a little bit. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Chapter 2 of Hebrews verse 1. Therefore we must give the more earnest heed... All the more careful attention to the things we have heard. Pay careful attention. Heed the things we've heard. The Word of God. Don't just look at the Word of God in, a, in an area of quantity. Heed the Word of God in an area of quality to say, you know what, Lord, I want to get this. Now, in... John 14, verse 17, it references the Holy Spirit as the teacher. He's the spirit of truth. John 16 says that the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into the truth. Now, in this thing right here, he says, Therefore, we must give the most earnest heed to the things we have heard. One of the greatest things I believe can happen to us is to invite the Holy Spirit to help us. Once again, when I read the Bible, not only say, Holy Spirit, help me have an understanding of this, but Holy Spirit, help me to heed this. Why is this so important? Well, look at the end of verse 1. Least we drift away. Now, he wouldn't have warned us to pay attention, to give this earnest heed to the Word of God, least we drift away, if that wasn't an issue, if that wouldn't be a problem. It was going to be an issue, and it is a problem. Now, it's interesting to me, the wording that he uses right there. He said, least we drift away. Think about when you drift. You don't even really notice it. It's just kind of real subtle. And before long, you've gone days and weeks without getting into the Word of God. This was the warning. It's kind of like being in the ocean. I love to go into the ocean, but when I get in the ocean, I have to put a landmark before me. And a lot of times in, in, the, in the beaches in America especially, there'll be a lifeguard stand. So that's my point of reference. I'm at lifeguard stand number seven. 
And you can just be sitting out there and those waves hitting you. And next thing you know, you look and you're a lifeguard stand three. And you think, how did I get down here? It's the very same thing with the word of God. That if I don't have something to help me, the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus said that he's the helper. So Holy Spirit, help me not to drift. And part of that is, Lord, give me an appetite for the things of God. Remember, Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So just as we hunger for food naturally, man, we got to hunger for the word of God. I said this recently. There was an evangelist years ago named Smith Wigglesworth. If you ever can get your hands on any of Smith's books, I know it's a funny last name. His writings are incredible, a man of God. But he said this years ago. We feed our physical or our natural man three hot meals a day. And we feed our spirit man one cold snack a week. And we wonder why we're starving spiritually. And so just, just have an appetite for the word of God. And I believe this, man. When you start having an appetite for the word of God, the word of God will come alive on the inside of you. Keep reading verse 2. For if the word was spoken through angels proved steadfast, or it, it proved, stood firm, and every transgression, and the word transgression there is re- referencing a form of sin, every transgression and disobedient received a just word, retribution, or a penalty. So what he's saying that for every act of disobedience, It will be punished. Verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? He said, listen, don't, don't neglect salvation. Don't ignore salvation. Now, when we talk about salvation, the reason it's so great is because Jesus paid a huge price for me and you. It's great. He died for you. He took our sins. He said, I want to pay the price for every one of them. So he's telling her, don't neglect salvation. Don't blow it off like it's not a big deal. Keep reading. Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit or gifts that only come through the Holy Spirit according to his own will. And so in that passage there, he talks about we can't drift from the word of God. And it's like he's telling us when you begin to drift from the word of God, transgressions and disobedience are going to come into your life. Those things are satanic schemes to try to get you off. Think about this. The devil will do anything he can to keep you from getting in the word of God. He does not want you to get in the word of God. Why? You know the truth. The truth will set you free. So he'll do everything he can. So the antidote right here for all the stuff that the devil tries to do is once again, I got to get in the word of God. And then the last thing there is the demonstration of the Holy Spirit, his power. So when I think about it, this in terms of my life spiritually, the word of God and the spirit of God, they go hand in hand. They complement each other. The word of God without the spirit of God is dead. 
The spirit of God without the word of God is you get a bunch of crazy people. Literally. That's why people do crazy things. But when you combine the word of God and the spirit of God together, I'm going to tell you, it is like a Reese's cup. You get chocolate and peanut butter. You get both of them. See, it's the same as me and you spiritually. I, I need the word of God. Remember, the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. And so what happens is many times when we read the word of God without the Holy Spirit helping us, the Bible is just a bunch of rules. And when it's just a bunch of rules, we as human beings can't do them. We look and think, crud, I can't do that. Jesus set the bar too high. But the Holy Spirit comes to help us, and it's not work, it's not effort. He just begins to lead you in that path. And, and before long, certain things in your life, they stop happening. Bad things, negative things. Why? The Holy Spirit, he'll help you. He'll move you. Now turn with me to, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You know, one of the greatest things the Holy Spirit will help you do He'll help you swim against the strongest tides. And I'm talking about the tides of this world. And they are strong right now. The things of this world are pulling people in in incredible amounts. Reeling us in. Holy Spirit will help you. He'll keep you from that, from having an appetite to be dominated by the world. 1 Corinthians 2. Verse 4. Now this was the Apostle Paul talking. My opinion the greatest apostle. He says this, verse 4, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words. That's why I like Paul. (laughs) Of human wisdom. They weren't about human philosophy. Now listen real close. But in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and of power. Now remember in Acts 1.8, Jesus said, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you'll receive power. This is what he's talking about right here. Keep reading, verse 5. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The Holy Spirit's transforming power in individuals' lives. Now if we had time, we'd go back through the book of Acts and you start studying those disciples you begin to see how the Holy Spirit transformed every one of those guys. Remember Peter? Peter was the guy who talked too much. He was always putting his foot in his mouth. Peter is the same guy who rebuked Jesus. Duh. Who rebuked Jesus? Come on. But I look what happened to Peter. When Peter got filled with the Holy Spirit, his life was transformed. Things began to change. This is exactly what happened. Same chapter. I'm going to start in verse 9. I want you to see this. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. In other words, you know what he's telling me and you? You guys had not seen nothing yet. Nothing. Now watch what happens in verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through the Holy Spirit. God has revealed what to the Holy Spirit? 
Everything that we read in verse 9, I hasn't seen nor ear heard nor entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them. So if I look at this correctly, God revealed them to us through the Holy Spirit. He didn't say, I'm going to reveal those to you from other human beings. He said, those are revealed from the Holy Spirit. So the only way that's going to happen for me to know what those things are is to hang out with the Holy Spirit. That's why I got to get in his presence. I've been saying, okay, Holy Spirit, begin to show me these things. And oftentimes, he can move in visions. He can move in dreams. He can move through prophetic utterance. He'll speak to you through the word of God. Oftentimes when I read the scriptures, they'll come alive in my heart. It's almost like the Holy Spirit is saying, that's for you today. How many of you have dreamed lately? Probably a lot of you. How many of you have had visions before? I tell you, that's the Holy Spirit. He, He does those things. Now, look what he goes on to say. He's revealed them to us through his spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. The secret things of God is from the Holy Spirit. Now, the interesting point in that verse to me is that he didn't hint or insinuate that there's any other way. There's not option one, two, and three. The only option I read in that verse right there is it comes through the Holy Spirit. Keep reading. For what man knows the things of a man except of the spirit of the man which is in him. Now literally what he's saying here is one's own inner thoughts are only known to himself. I could look at every one of you in this room right now. I don't know what you're thinking. The only one that knows what you're thinking is you. And so that's just what he's talking about. Keep reading. Except the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So the mind of God is only known... By the Spirit of God. Now, this becomes very simple to me when I read this right here. When he specifically says that the the things of God are only known except by the Spirit of God. So if I want to know the heart, the mind of God, i got to hang out with the Holy Spirit. It's pretty simple. And I don't know why we as Christians... We overlook this, we've never been taught this, but this is important, we get a hold of this. Verse 12. Now we have received the, the, not of the spirit of the world or the spirit that belongs to the world, but we receive the spirit who is from God. How many times have we been told or said that the Spirit of God is no longer here? That the things of the Spirit of God, those things are of the devil. I heard those things growing up and 
because of some of the crazy teachings we have about the Holy Spirit, you almost look like, I don't want to hear those things about the Holy Spirit. And I do realize some of that comes because of all the crazy stuff we have. But if I just become biblical right here and I look and it says, the Spirit of God is from God. But yet I don't want the things of God. I don't want nothing to do. See, that doesn't comprehend to me anymore. I look at this and I think, that verse alone will set people free. And the Spirit of God is from God. And he said, you receive him. And so just the same way that I received Jesus as Lord of my life, I received the Holy Spirit. And you say, but pastor, I've never seen the Holy Spirit. Well, have you ever seen Jesus? I haven't yet. But I still believe in him. I've never seen the Holy Spirit, but I still believe in him. I've never seen the wind. I've seen the effects of the wind, but I've never seen the wind. Wow. Verse 13. These things, let me finish verse 12. I stopped some of it. The Spirit of God who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Again, you know what he insinuates there? The only way that I ever know the things that God has freely given me is I allow the Holy Spirit to show me and what the Holy Spirit does. See, I may know the things that God has given me in my mind, but it does me no good in my mind. Remember, faith is of the heart. And so the Holy Spirit starts conveying them to me where it becomes real. And when I begin to read the Word of God that by Jesus' stripes I've been made whole, See, I can think that, but as long as it's just thinking, it never does no good. But when I begin to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to my heart, it begins to drop in my heart. And something at one time that used to be just head knowledge now has become living and alive on the inside of me. And when people say, I I don't believe those things, well, read your Bible. I've read my Bible. But it comes from having the Holy Spirit incorporated in your life. Verse 13, these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. So the Holy Spirit interprets spiritual things to my heart, to spiritual people. The Holy Spirit does. You know, oftentimes, and I'm not against education, okay? But oftentimes, we train everything we have and are and can do to the things of this world. And we don't train our spirit man to the things of the kingdom. I believe it's very important for children to understand the ABCs, English. It's how you get into this life and go through it. But we do a disservice to our children when we don't teach them the things of God. And I believe this with all my heart. That you get kids full of the Holy Spirit at this age and that's all they ever know. Oh my gosh. Their little hearts, well, they'll have little pie-pie arms. Spiritually. It's blown. And when you tell a child something... They believe it, and that's why Jesus said to have childlike faith. They believe it until you prove them different. I, I 
remember this, and some of you can remember this. Back in the, the winter when I was teaching on faith, there, there was the family, and they had a swimming pool. And they were having a big event, and all their family was over there, and they were eating inside. And all of a sudden, one of them got uh, out into the, the pool. And they ran out there and looked. And one of the little bitty guys, while they were eating, had gotten into the pool and was at the bottom of the pool. And people started freaking out. He's dead. And they pulled him out. And there he is. There's no life. And someone says he's dead. And a 10-year-old girl who had been brought up and said, we believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in Jesus. She stood on the diving board and pointed at her little brother and said, in the name of Jesus, you'll live and not die. And all of a sudden, and life came back into him. See, this is the Holy Spirit I'm talking about. And when I go through the book of Acts, I see those manifestations. They raise people from the dead. Do you believe? I believe in raising people from the dead. Have you ever seen it? Not yet. Not yet. But guys, I've laid hands on the sick and they recover. I've had people lay hands on me. I've got a 50-something-year-old brother. You know my brother, he's older than dirt now. He's still alive. He was supposed to be dead before he was 20. We played golf together the other day. And he's, he's always saying, stretch me this way and stretch me that way. And, and my elbow was bothering. And I said to him, I said, man, just lay hands on me in the name of Jesus. Right there on the golf course. You do that on the golf course? Well, why not? Why not? Ooh, we better hurry. I didn't get very far. You guys say, what's new? So the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, what would the natural man mean? A man that's just controlled by his five senses. He does not, or he's incapable of receiving the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness or they are silly to him. I've been there. Where I looked, used to look at the things of God and say, that's foolish. That's silly. Why would you lay hands on people and they get healed? That's stupid. Do you really give 10% to your church? That's stupid. Do you really pray in the... See, those things were foolish with me until I got born again. And then I started basing my life off the B-I-B-L-E. I quit basing my life off the five senses. I quit basing my life off the way this world flows. I said, this is what God said. Keep reading. They're foolish to him. Nor can they know him because they are only spiritually discerned. The Holy Spirit He's going to help us. Verse 15, but he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who knows the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So in saying all that right there, as a believer, I got to have the Holy Spirit. I welcome him. I welcome the Holy Spirit daily. Just stand up here with me. You know how I sense the Lord want to end even tonight is this way. And maybe you need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. Some of you say, man, I, 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 don't, I don't know about this. Well, you know what? 
It's got to be in your heart to receive him. If you're not sure about it, just keep coming here. We'll keep speaking on the Holy Spirit. Before long, you'll look and say, man, that's, that's simple. That's the word of God. That's right there before me. And the Holy Spirit is to everyone. Remember in the book of Acts 2, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. He didn't get this one and say, no, nah, you're out. This one, you're out. No, they were all. And so he's not against that. That's a gift for every one of us. And in Luke 11, verse 13, the Lord Jesus said this, you who are evil know how to give good gifts. But how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so I said, come on, Holy Spirit. I welcome everything you are. Don't you bow your head here. Father God, we love you tonight and we honor you tonight. And in any of these situations that we've talked to, Lord, I pray is stirring up. I pray is stirring up that ones in this room become disciplined to build herself up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And Lord, if any way, if we've drifted from the things of God, Lord, we ask you to move in our lives and pull us back in. But not only that, Father God, if because we drifted, we've got into sin and disobedience in any form, Lord, help us to come back home. But, oh, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you to show us things to come. Lord, I pray in this room right now, you give one's visitation in their sleep. Give them visitation in their dreams. Oh, touch their hearts, and we welcome that tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. The guy in Kansas said, how, how much longer are you going to preach on the Holy Spirit? I looked, I don't know. So I knew he'd been listening. If you're listening, guy in Topeka, bless you. <laughs> we clap for you. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.